0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast, the culture edit reloaded. I'm Sandra Patel, founder and CEO of Transition Partners. This season I'm flying solo as I sit down with international leaders to discuss their leadership journeys and how they have embedded a thriving and positive culture. Hello and welcome back to our Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name is Sandra Patel and I'm delighted to be back here recording today would love to welcome our special guest today, Anthony Mayer, who is the VP of Engineering at GetSafe, who are a leading global digital insurance company. Welcome, Anthony. How are you doing today?
1: Thanks for having me, Sandra. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing?
0: Good. I'm very good, thank you. Um, despite the rains, we've had had some nice weather recently, and then it's just started raining this afternoon, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good otherwise. And you're based in... Berlin aren't you? I'm
1: based in Germany, um, more in the in the south south, um, not not in Berlin. We have an office in Berlin as well, but actually our headquarters are in Heidelberg and then near there.
0: Okay, cool, fantastic. How's the weather going for you at the minute?
1: Mixed. It's like one one hour it's sunny and the next it's raining. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, fantastic. So, Anthony, I think initially it'd be really good if you could give us um, and our listeners and viewers a really quick whistle-stop tour of your background. So, like, how your journey started, where it all began, and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, let me, let me jump way back. So, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> a half German, half American. Um, so okay. I'm originally from, from a small town here in Germany, that's where I live now, And uh, but then uh, I grew up in the U.S., went to school and stuff, and then I went to the University of Washington um, in Seattle, and uh-huh. uh, the grad- graduating there, I assumed, oh, I'll go work for like a Seattle company, one of the bigger ones, Microsoft, Amazon, something like that, Yeah. and I, uh, I, I luckily uh, had an opportunity to move to Silicon Valley and join a giant startup called Ning, uh, long defunct um, but, yeah. and that kind of started my, my, my startup journey and I think uh, it's, been, it's been hard to look back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, you um, got a bit of a bug for startups after that then, did yeah, you? Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I, was, uh, so I was there for a while and, and moved around for a few companies. I was at uh, Yelp for a little while, which was mm-hmm. a growing process at the time um, and then also went and worked for uh, a marketing tech company called Nextroll um, and that's where I also started my, my journey into, into engineering leadership, um, mm-hmm. and moved into being an engineering manager. And I was, I was fortunate that the organization I was a part of was kind of a growing business unit inside of the company and then evolved very rapidly from, you know, myself and two other engineers. And after, uh, just a couple of years, we had almost 30 people working um, yeah. in, in the area and, uh, I, I, I was a director there. And learned a lot about leadership <laughs> along the way. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity um, to move over to GetSafe into the into the P role, mm-hmm. which was very exciting for me. Um, and the team at the time was was a bit smaller, about 15 people when I joined. And over time, we've grown the team. It's about uh, 35 now. That includes data as well, which works for me. Wow. And, um, and yeah, and you know, I think I was definitely one of those people where years ago, earlier in my career, I said, "Oh, I, you know, leadership, management—that's not, that's not for me." And
0: yeah, um, it's
1: been it's been a fun, fun evolution and journey, and I've, I've learned a lot along the way, and I, I I love being an engineering leader now, and it's it's uh, you know, um, and I love. Or joining conversations like
0: this to, to talk about it, so. yeah fantastic brilliant um, your passion and enthusiasm um, for what you do is already really coming across which is which is fantastic and I'm already really excited to to um, to hear more about it so it's a really challenging um, time as well isn't it at the minute how um, obviously you've always worked um, you've always worked in startups um, industries and, and companies and environments, it'd be really interesting actually to get your perspective on how things as You've you've obviously started right, you know, from the bottom as a, you know in a technical sort of engineering role, right the way through up to VP leadership, senior leadership level. How um, how would you say things have evolved in the style? Where like what what's the maybe not actually it's probably not the right question that I want to ask. Is I, I, I'd love to. To know more and tell our listeners more about, given the current um, economic climate and the, the the situation that we have at the minute, the difference you're finding in the startup world in comparison to say maybe three four years ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's definitely been been a transition. Um, you know, I think um, when when I joined GetSafe about two and a half years ago, you know, the the hiring market was just just crazy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, at that time it was already in the middle of of the pandemic and, you know, so remote had kind of been a thing, but nobody knew, Hey, are we all just going to stay remote or what's going to happen? And, and that was already, of course, a big, big shift and then, you know, hiring being one of the main topics I deal with, um, and just the market evolving around it. Right. And understanding, Hey, what are consumer consumer Mm -hmm. behaviors and habits and everything. Um, luckily insurance doesn't change too much um you know it wasn't it wasn't impacted too much by the pandemic actually we saw more people interested at the time so from a, from a company perspective from good place the big thing was understanding how do we want to act as a team and everything and how do we want to um shape how we work together right how we hire mm-hmm. at the time most of our hiring had been um, local um here in the area mm-hmm. and with remote work because now we can, you know, we can hire people from anywhere in Germany and you know we went through different phases obviously lockdowns and different things and where we said okay this is going to be our policy around team events well we can't do team events now so we'll do some virtual events right and I think um, that was a lot of it and I mean then coming out of that then you know we're in the current economic situation um, I think we've seen obviously a big shift of startups but I mean really all companies focusing mm. a lot more on efficiency, right? And mm-hmm. I think for some companies that means, you know, layoffs first, you know, in areas where maybe they've chosen to invest and in what doesn't make sense right now. Um, for other companies, it means really taking a hard look at what is the business model? How, yeah. do, we, how do we take the right approach on it? And, um, and what does that mean in terms of our team or company setup and everything, right? Um, for me, and, and for GetSafe, what it's meant is, you know, we, we did move to a fully hybrid model with the team set up and, and um, you know, with, uh, with the company. Uh, we'd luckily already kind of been on the efficiency train beforehand and we'd never done too much over hiring, which mm-hmm. was, um, was always very purposeful hiring. And that's mm-hmm. actually led us to the fortunate situation where we haven't um, had to do any layoffs, which has been, been you know, very positive. But we, of course, haven't grown as quickly as many people have yeah. Um, yeah. Been, been thinking we would, you know, looking back a few years. Um, but I think it has allowed us to find the opportunities. Where do we invest in our core technologies? How do we make sure we're building up the team we have as strong as possible so mm-hmm. we can all work together and be as efficient and as effective as possible? I think overall, that, that a lot of a lot of positive aspects in terms of Making sure we've got the right people on the staff, making sure we're making yeah. the right quality investments, and making sure our product decisions align really well with our you know, business model, but also with our customer needs. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool, fantastic, brilliant. And that's—it sounds like you've been in a great position. And like you say, you know, although you may not have grown at the pace that you may, you know, other businesses and other startups have, but then you've been in a good, you know, in a lucky position where, as a result of that, and as a result of already been efficient um and effective that even you haven't had to kind of look at the cost too much or um downsize um which which is fantastic because obviously it's, nev- it's nev- never a nice position to be in um and we we you touched a little bit then around um you know the people and um how you've kind of adapted over Um, over the years and and over time having obviously been through COVID and now the current economic climate I mean it's kind of been one thing after another for us really hasn't it over the last three or four years how would you say over that time your culture um, has evolved like have you had any um, specific challenges when you've tried to cultivate that culture and and what do you think from your experiences is worth sharing with, with our listeners and viewers
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely, definitely been a challenge. I mean, I touched on, on aspects of it earlier, right? But I think one of the big things is, how do we, how do we spend time together as a team, right? You know, the social yeah. is really important. I think that's been one of the biggest, the biggest challenges. Um, and now we're in a setup where we have, um, kind of two main offices in, in Heidelberg and Berlin, and our team mm-hmm. is kind of split up in we have people all right? So, um where what used to happen is everybody was in the same area, so having a physical event was easy. We tried virtual events that worked for certain things, but you know, it's a lot better when can you know, get people together in person. So we've tried to, as a company and as a team, make sure we're planning those events to get together and, and do um, something like a hackathon or do a workshop, and, and um, get into, you know, just get together the team and have some fun. Um, and that, that's really important that it becomes um, you have to kind of do a bunch more purposefully, right? Because it can't happen yeah. naturally. Um, and that's definitely been a challenge. Um, I think we're in an okay place, but it's still something where, you know, we need to, we need to continue um, improving and, and making mm-hmm. the right thing that works for a variety of people as well, right? Um, so I think that's that's one aspect. And I think the other aspect is just the team itself. When I, when I joined, the focus was a bit more on, you know, growing mm-hmm. the team as quickly as possible. And one of the first things I did um, was bringing in um, a near shoring team uh, actually based largely, largely in, in Ukraine mm-hmm. and Eastern uh, Europe. And that helped us grow the team quickly um, and achieve certain things. And with a lot of people being remote at the time, it was fine. Um, but we realized over time that that comes kind of with the challenges. Plus, once the war started, that didn't make things easier. And mm-hmm. we actually made the decision at the beginning of this year to get rid of those contractors and focus on the more like the internal side, you know, like focusing so yeah. on,
0: yeah.
1: on a cohesive culture and strength of the team itself. But it was a great it was a great bridge to get us to where we are now. Um, but it was something that kind of as these things happened, um, were, we're really important. And, you know, I think evolutions like that you need to continue, they always need to happen, or right? It's always important to look at, hey, what's the what's the team set up setup and how are we most successful?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and there's definitely benefits of, of doing that. And as you've highlighted, you know, it worked for you at the time and for a period of time it gave you that, um, bridge that gap. But it, it does often, those models do often affect the culture that you're trying to cultivate as well, doesn't it? So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, that one sometimes, and yeah. it's, it, it's difficult to get right. Um, fantastic, and what would you say your um obviously we've touched a little bit around, team building um, and things that you've done um, in the past to kind of cultivate that culture and get the teams closer, people closer together on that same journey and, and page. Um, what's your approach to development, like development of your people, career development within Get Safe?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something we're, we're very purposeful about. And it's actually something that, that Get Safe, I think, is doing fairly well for a long time. Um, we have, you know, we've had uh, biannual kind of review and goal cycles mm-hmm. for a long time, and making sure that everyone on the team has has a clear development path and, and great goals. Um, yeah. And that's something we keep track of, and you know, we check we check in with people and make sure we're having regular feedback talks. But it makes it very clear for everyone involved, like, hey, okay, there's a there's a journey, or we're going to be growing together. Um, and what does that look like, right? You know, be it um, soft skills, be it you know, technical skills, whatever it is, uh, making sure we have uh, that really clearly, clearly set up and we provide a learning budget for people in the team to use to and things don't But we also, um, one of the things that's most important for me mm-hmm. as, a, as a manager is, is making sure I'm finding the opportunities within the projects we're doing every single day for people to go and embrace the room, right? If somebody says, hey, I'm when I have this opportunity to go do this technology like, and okay, let's see, how can we shift that person around to make sure they can, you know, take on a, use React Native, take on a React Native product. Yeah. Well, that's good.
0: That's, that's fantastic. That, that's really good. Cause it's, it prevents the, um, it just gives that variety, doesn't it? And, um, and then you're obviously working on their individual development as well. Um, so that's, yeah. that's really refreshing to hear. Um, and what um obviously you've been in the industry for some for some time now, um and um you know you've got to, to a certain level where obviously you're at VP um level now, which is fantastic. What would you say from within from over those years, what would you say your best bit of career advice um is that you'd want to share with our listeners? Yeah,
1: it's, a, it's interesting. Um I mean I think I think one of the biggest things is you know, especially coming from the technical perspective hmm. is really, to an extent, it seems obvious, but I think for a lot of engineers, it's it's very difficult, technically, it's difficult is think about what the business and the product need, not just you know, what we need from a technical perspective, right? Yeah. And I think that's been, I've always been very passionate about product as well, so it's, it's come relatively easy for me, but I think, you know, making sure that we're, you know, technical people are coming with creative solutions, but... Solutions that are really focused on, on the problem the, the business needs to solve. And I think yeah. if yeah. you do that, you'll naturally have opportunities to go deeper into the problems and, and grow in different ways, whether you choose to stay on a technical path and take on different and more complex projects or move more into a management path and, and get a little closer to the business side of things.
0: Yeah. Um, is that, would you say, because you've done that, um, I mean, obviously that's your, that's your best bit of career advice, which is. Which to me, I think is very valuable, and having been in the industry um, myself for some years, um, I can understand and see how that, um, you know, going down that route and path would really help escalate um, one's career. Um, Would you say that that's probably one of the key things that you've done very well throughout your career and why you've been able to kind of keep going up through that career ladder?
1: I definitely think so, right? It's helped me be. I, I mean, partially it's it's something I like I said I do a little bit naturally. It's it's intentional mm-hmm. as well, and I think it helps, you know, again get close to all, all, often the interesting parts of, of what's going on in the company, right? If yeah. the attention of those those business needs, and it's it's you know, brought me opportunities. I mentioned earlier, my previous company, Next World, Um, You know, we had this business unit that was growing, right, and that's a problem I was very excited about, and I got involved with them. Naturally, we need somebody to to lead those efforts, and then develop my leadership. But I think it's something that can work um, at all sorts of levels to help them But yeah, it's definitely something that's that's helped me.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool, fantastic. How would you describe your um, leadership style?
1: That's an interesting one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's. uh, it's mixed it's um you know i think i i try to kind of pay broad attention to what's going on but i also mm-hmm. try to say uh and i dive into random problems but i, I try to stay hand off hands off and, and give people the space right the well, way yeah. i describe it also to, to managers for instance is you know i i want to i want to make sure everyone on my team has a clear understanding of kind of what their what their parameters are, what kind of the borders of what they're just allowed to do without additional approval or anything like that, right? And mm-hmm. give them the opportunities to run with it, right? And as they as they show that they're able to take on bigger and bigger challenges, give them that room, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still like to check in and make sure things are going well, but you know, definitely not someone who tries to micromanage and say yeah. well, it's this way. But you know, I, I do I do like to you know nerd out on a lot of the technical problems occasionally. I'll dive into a conversation, um, and give my opinion. But I also try to make sure to say, hey, okay, you know, you're the experts. You're the ones who are really dealing with this. Yeah. Decide how you want to tackle it. This is, these are just my thoughts. So yeah, the kind of balance I, I've tried to take.
0: It's hard finding that balance sometimes though, isn't it? Because I try and do that as well with my like direct team. So I kind of like give my opinion and my view, but then I try and say, and it's not something that I used to do very well or do a lot of, and I'm trying to do a lot more of it now where I kind of like say, well, you know, these are just my thoughts and my opinions on the situation. However, ultimately they're your people, they're your team. And um, I trust that, you will do the right thing for you, for, for you the the person and the business, um, you know, and now I'll leave you to it sort of thing. I try and, but it's, it's hard because I don't know if you're anything like me, like I've come up through that, you know, I'm at a, a, a more senior leadership level now as well, but I can still do the doing. I can still yeah. be hands-on and sometimes you miss it. Yeah. And it's hard because you can find yourself getting a bit excited, can't you? And getting back into the Absolutely. detail. And you've got to keep trying to remind yourself, get all the details. Just Absolutely.
1: like. One, one of the pieces of advice I actually give my managers, right, yeah. who, are, who are, you know, some of struggling with this is, try to work as much as possible through questions, right? Because I think one of one one thing that often happens, right, is mm. there's a little bit of this, A, there's an excitement, but there's also a little bit of this fear of letting go. or that's Yeah, kind of, that's, yeah. You know, I know, well, I can. I just know. I know how to solve it. So let me let me jump in and do it. I think you set up some guiding questions for the the leader of the team yeah. to answer, and it's their responsibility to, to have the answers for those questions, but to give you the confidence that they're they're taking the right approach. But and this is the hard part. You also have to be willing and ready that when they come back and and have a good answer, but maybe not what you would have done mm-hmm. <laughs> to let them solve yeah, I think that can often be the hardest part. But I mean, yeah. ultimately, they've got the answers to the questions you ask, and, and they've got a solid plan. And then you know, it's important to let them
0: let them on with it. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. And do you think that your would you say that your leadership style differs depending on the level of person? Like, because we talked a bit about micromanagement and not micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the reason I asked this is I had a conversation earlier today actually with um a delivery director um for a global credit um organisation that we work with. Um and um and she's obviously at a director level being micromanaged from a I think someone at VP level um and being micromanaged, and we were just having a conversation around. Um, you know, there is actually I believe, we believe, a time and a place for that to an extent, depending on the level, so for example, you know, someone who is relatively junior and just stepping into um, the industry, potentially may need that, depending on their style and their their profile as well Um, what are your thoughts on that? yeah, I mean, I think
1: I think kind of what I described can be applied at every level, just the the this, this specification of it needs to change a little bit, right? So yeah. kind of like a very junior person, you need to give a very small, you know, room to run in, right? Until they've yeah. shown that they're able to do that successfully. But I do think it's important to give them that. Now, of course, there are times where it's like, hey, we're on a deadline. I know exactly what to do. Just go do this, this, and this.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But... I I think that should be a real exception, not the norm. And I think even in those cases, it's important that after the fact, right, um, that person gets the context on why those approaches were taken, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, know, sometimes in the moment when something's urgent, it's just the right thing to jump in and say, do it this way. But like I said, it should be uh, definitely the exception, not the rule.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think there's there's a lot of room for adaptation depending on the person, isn't there, in the situation. Yeah. Um,
1: but they need to have space to grow, and I think that that's one of the hardest challenges, and I've seen yeah. that with managers too, where because of because they're trying to stay so hands-on or they're trying to stay on and uh, involved and make sure it's being done correctly, then what happens is, is they don't give that junior person the mm. space to place to go and flourish. Yeah. And that either you you know that I believe that people, hey, this person isn't, you know, growing out of this junior position, what's going on? Mm. Or, the manager isn't happy, or mm-hmm. at least you know, the more junior person eventually try, try something else. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely agree. um Cool. And what, um, I mean, obviously, leadership so, so important, um, you know, and it, it, it's everything that we do around kind of leadership, there's different styles. Um, cultivates the right culture um, and success and productivity from our teams what would you say the most important important lesson is that you've learned like over the years like I know we talked about the best bit of advice but lessons are where um, you know you may not have done things in the right way but you've learned from it and you know
1: absolutely i mean i think it's 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 not a secret right but the communication is, is absolutely critical yeah. and I, mean, I think it's something where uh i still sometimes struggle and i need to stop and think but i think one of the most specific aspects is um thinking about what you're trying to communicate from the perspective of who you're communicating to, right? yeah and a lot of you know a lot of technical people are able to say like okay well i can dumb down the technical language or whatever so that they can understand what I'm talking about. But that's not even quite what I mean. It's really about, like, what's relevant to that little person? Like, what's mm-hmm. the information that will help them do their job that will answer the questions they've got? And I think that's something where um, I struggled with it more earlier in my career. And, you know, earlier, even as a leader, something I've definitely gotten better at, but I still sometimes, you know, need to stop and reflect and say, wait, okay, hold on, let me change, change what I'm telling this person to or how I'm telling something to this person so that it can really, um, you know, and again, it's not about shaping the message, it's really about helping them to, to get what they need out of it so that they can do their job.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think communications is one that does come up quite regularly, actually. Um, from all the people that I've interviewed and had on this podcast, it does come up quite regularly, and it's, it's a tough one to, I, I think that, I mean, in general, I think... Um, you know, we continuously have to develop and work on ourselves and and look for improvements. Communications always one that's up there. Um, it's quite a tough one to to get it right every time. Um, and we've all we've also we've all all, all had these points as well where um, it, keeping our people, particularly during difficult tough times. Or even, um, you know, or even uh, impact of anything that's going on for um, them outside of work, in their personal life, etc. It can be really difficult at times to keep our people motivated. How do you keep your people motivated? And Have you got any hidden secrets that you can share? I don't know
1: if I have any hidden secrets. My... my my focus tends to be on transparency and ownership, right? Again, communication being the key, right? Because yeah. We understand what are we doing and why we're doing it, and how can they be the best part of that, right? I think a lot of people are looking for, you know, the reason they work at startups and, and scale-ups and things is they're looking to have a big impact, right? They don't want yeah. to be anonymous in a huge company, right? So giving them those opportunities to to understand what um, what the impact is of the thing they're working on it, but also mm-hmm. giving them opportunities to take on new kinds of challenges. Kind um, but, you know, I think some fun and other things are, I've like, already mentioned, you know, team events and, and things, and, you know, we've, we've done hackathons, um, mm. before, you know, that's that's always a fun way. But then workshops, too, we've, we've done, right? I think things like that always help. Um, but those are kind of the things you can't do those things every day, right? And yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. I think, um, you know, clear communication, transparency is, is, you know, and, and just, you know, respecting respecting the, the people on the team is one of the best things can do. Mm-hmm. motivated and engaged, even when, you know, things aren't easy, right? I think it's especially, right, if you try to sugarcoat things too much, then, you know, they, they'll they either feel like they're being disingenuous, or when something bad happens, they'll be totally shocked and, and they'll feel that they Right? And if um, you, know, you can be open and honest with them, you can work with them to take on the big challenges. And I think it makes people feel, feel more appreciated and, and, and like they're part of the social, they should Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, fantastic. And lastly, and I think this is quite a, a, a big one where, um, you know I, know, I know certainly it's something that I've always struggled with, but again, it's something that, it's a topic that comes up time and time again um, is imposter syndrome Um, what are your thoughts on imposter syndrome like um, you know I guess from I guess from um, I'm asking this sort of from personally but also have you experienced um, imposter syndrome with your leaders with your direct team and how you've helped them um, tackle imposter syndrome
1: yeah I mean I I think it's it's obviously it's a very real problem and it's, it's definitely something I've I've felt and faced myself as well. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it's, it can be a challenge at all levels, um, but, you know, for, for myself and, and for, for my, my manager at least, a lot of what I try to focus on is, you know, A, taking it, you know, when you when you have those moments, like, yeah. I don't know if I should be here, you know, what am I doing, right? Um, you know, taking a second, stepping back, breathing, I it's not a second, but it's a good day, but whatever. Yeah. Taking that moment, um, thinking about it, and then remembering or reminding them, right, there's a, there's a reason you're in this world, right? And it doesn't mean you're the absolute best person to solve every single problem, mm-hmm. but there's a reason you're here. And the best thing you can do for yourself and for the company and for everybody is focus on the things you can, you can deal with, be honest mm-hmm. about that you need support, and, you know, work on improving the things you need to improve, right? I mean I think it doesn't solve the problem, right? That doesn't make it go away. But I think mm-hmm. to be a lot more manageable. I think I think the reality though is oftentimes it's gonna be something that's gonna come in phases and waves where, you know, maybe you really feel it, then you kinda come out of it and you take on new challenges or and then it'll come back, right? And I think learning to, to accept it, embrace it as much as possible is probably yeah. possible best way to deal with it, it goes on it's not gonna be there's not gonna be that moment where you're like oh now I know everything I'm, I definitely should be here right mm-hmm. you probably the
0: next challenge you taken on at that point yeah I agree I don't think you're ever gonna have you know it's not something that kind of just it, it comes and goes doesn't it it's not something that's kind of gonna come and then not return again um you know it's and I think it's only it's a human natural behavior isn't it um and reaction so It's just how do we support people and ourselves and what we do for ourselves to ensure that um, it has minimal impact because it's not very nice, is it, when you do feel like that? Um, But it is, um, yeah, yeah. um, Fantastic, brilliant. Um, Is there anything before we um yeah before we kind of um close this off um it's been interesting it's been really um interesting discussion and i'm really pleased that we had you um you know we we managed to get this recording in but is there anything that anything else that you would like to share um you know any bits of advice any tips um any recommendations around um courses books anything like that that that's helped you along your journey and along your, you know, to get you to where you are today that you think will be useful to share.
1: Yeah, interesting. I mean, I think probably the biggest thing is, right, um, you know, as a as leader, maybe as an aspiring leader, right, think about yeah. what it is you want, what are the problems that interest you, what are the things that motivate you every day, mm-hmm. and figure out how you can be a part of tackling those, right? I think one of the biggest things I see a lot especially from younger engineers and stuff, say, well, I want to be a manager, right? And it's like, well, why do you want to be a manager? Oh, because I want more authority. I want, it's the next step, right? And, you know, which I think is often not the right reason. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of those people I've worked with over the time said, okay, let's stop. Let's think about what are the things that you see. Oh, you want access to more information. You want to be a part of the decision making. You want to lead projects. Great, we can find all of those opportunities, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean management is the right Hmm. place maybe technical leadership is more of the right thing. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things, and I think it's something that can be looked at at all levels, right? and it's something I try to reflect on too, what is it that I want out of yeah. my career? what are the challenges I want to take on, and what helps me. Mm.
0: So. That's really interesting, because I don't think many people often stop and reflect and think about, well, what do I want to, you know, I might say that I want that next job or level or, or title, what do I want to achieve from that? Why do I want that? And which you've just, you know, you've just then. so it's really valuable. That's really good advice is that. Um, Fantastic. Well, thank you very, very much for sharing your valuable um, experience and um, thoughts with us. Really appreciate that. If um, any of our viewers and listeners want to get in touch, quite often you'll find that people will reach out to you. Usually it's LinkedIn, but is there any, do you have like a preferred method of contact? LinkedIn
1: is definitely a great way to get a hold of me. Please feel free to connect, shoot me a message. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah, I just want to say thank you very much for having me on. It's been been a great conversation. Cool.
0: Fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to our latest Let's Talk Leadership, the Culture Edit Reloaded podcast. If you are a leader interested in being on the hot seat, contact me via LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Take care and see you all soon.